Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping and two free gifts this Father's Day when you purchase the new Perfect Package 3.0 kit with promo code GATORS. Head over to manscaped.com and purchase yours today. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC, coming to you the day of Charles Montgomery committing to the Gators over Maryland. So big news there as the Gators get some good news on the recruiting front after, you know, rough couple months uh, here since the uh, pandemic. But, uh, you know, we kind of saw this one coming. Uh, led to believe Florida was going to be the pick today uh, here on uh, Sunday, May 24th. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, and Charles Montgomery picks the Gators over uh, the Terrapins. And also this episode, talk about the you know football players coming back on campus in June, and uh, also the uh, one-time transfer rule. The NCAA has decided to table that, so not happening this year. So a couple of topics won't be too long of an episode, but of course with the, the big recruiting news here uh, with Charles Montgomery picking the Gators, uh, we'll go ahead and get an episode of Gators Breakdown out for this week. Before we get there, remember, you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. You'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes there, as well as News 4 Jacks coverage of the Gators. Please share, rate, and review the show. Subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. And follow Gators Breakdown on social media, on Twitter and Facebook, at Gators Breakdown. So Charles Montgomery, four-star athlete from Sethner Armwood, commits to Florida over Maryland, 5'10", 185-pound athlete that's played running back and wide receiver in high school, rates as the 241st player overall in the class of 2021 and the 35th prospect in the state of Florida. Rivals list him as the 200th overall prospect in the class of 200 uh, of class of 2021, so a top 200 um, uh, player, according to Rivals here. So in recent interviews, he hasn't said necessarily where Florida sees him, but mostly as a, as a weapon wide receiver and running back they can move him around in the slot uh so you know slot uh, in the backfield at running back a little bit too what he's done in, in in high school so use him as a weapon in that athlete role move him around the offense create some mismatches with him that's what the um, getters are getting here in montgomery you know i think staying close to home uh and you know, him and his mom and grandmother uh played a huge role uh, i think in, in picking florida here uh, as well so and, and also just being used as that weapon 
under Dan Mullen and, and this Dan Mullen offense. So at 24-7, he gives a scouting report of Montgomery. Quote, a compact build with muscle already developed in the upper half, just a shade under 5'10", under his 5'10 listing, a utility man of sorts that has lined up at both wide receiver and running back uh, at the high school level, can produce, can produce long gains out of the slot as his straight line speed oftentimes proves to be a mismatch for opposing defenses, will carry the ball in between the tackles, but needs to get more comfortable with contact, has a knack for making acrobatic catches, but needs to be more polished when it comes to route running in college, should eventually develop into a starter at the Power 5 level and could be used in a variety of different ways depending on the offensive scheme. And then I think <laughs> this offensive scheme uh, that Dan Mullen has it's a, is a perfect fit uh, for a player like Montgomery. He, uh, Montgomery is responsible for 36 touchdowns in his three years of high school, his freshman, sophomore, junior years, and 15 came this past junior season uh, for Montgomery. So with Montgomery being uh, committed to the Gators, the Gators will move up to sixth in the 24-7 sports composite team rankings. Uh, and 24-7 sports includes Montgomery as the 16th commitment for this class as they have added Juco commits, uh, safety slash linebacker DeWan Black, uh, and offensive lineman Diave Hammond, who, you know, of course, a couple classes ago were, you know, committed to play for Florida, didn't get the grades to get in, went the Juco route. And it looks like, uh, you know, they're going to be on their way in Gainesville for this 2021 class as well. So, Another thing to kind of point out maybe uh, about this um, commitment here is, you know, hopefully this helps with his teammate at Sefner defensive tackle Desmond Watson, uh, six foot five, 325 uh, pound, the 350th ranked player on 24 seven sports composite. He's rated a three star while being rated a, a four star on rivals. So 24 seven sports composite, which puts them all together. I think 24 uh, seven rivals ESPN, Overall three-star, but Rivals thinks a little bit much higher of, uh, of Watson here as a four-star. So many out there think Watson is an underrated prospect and, and are waiting to see his senior season. Uh, but he's doing pretty well in the camp circuit before all those got canceled earlier this year. So you know, Florida looks to be good and in good standing here to eventually gain his commitment as well. So before we move on to other topics here in this episode, finish up a, another thought here on recruiting. Uh, and the next prospect to watch uh, coming up with a decision is four-star Edgewater wide receiver Christian Leary. Leary will more than likely decide between Florida, Oklahoma, and Alabama on June the 6th. I've heard a lot of good buzz for Florida on this one, uh, a lot for Oklahoma uh, as well. Not as much for Alabama, um, Florida, because, of course, <laughs> a lot more closer to uh, Florida sources and, and a lot more closer to the Florida program. So we're going to hear some good stuff there. But Oklahoma has been that other team lately. I've heard heard some things about there. So uh, you know, Florida has some things working for them here in, in location and, and, Mullen, and Mullen himself really targeting and, and keying in on, on Leary and, and really selling how he'll use his versatility in this offense. And much like Montgomery, you know, he plays wide receiver and he'll line up in the backfield too, but more as a direct snap uh, wildcat option there. So would be a big, big pull from Mullen to pull him away from, you know, schools like Oklahoma and Alabama and what those teams can sell wide receivers at this point uh, and the offenses they've produced the last few years. You know, Gators could use a, a talent like this and, and continuing to get really good talent at wide receiver and, and skill players, especially you know, after Alabama was able to pull Jacory Brooks away from Florida, uh, you know, after the Gators felt good uh, about that a couple weeks ago and maybe 
the, the thought, you know, Florida was going to get him leading up to his commitment a couple of weeks ago, but ultimately choosing Alabama in the end. But you know, just the last couple of cycles here, you know, getting Xavier Henderson, Jaquavion Frazier's, hopefully Leonard Manuel. We'll see what ends up happening there, but he wants to be at Florida, uh, waiting to get cleared. There's some uh, mixed reports out there about, you know, signing financial aid papers with Ole Miss, but he denies that and he wants to be a Gator. So hopefully all that gets cleared up. He gets cleared to be a Gator coming up in the next month or so. And, uh, you know, to continue at wide receiver, you know, add in Justin Shorter, and, and if Florida can keep commitments from Trevante Rucker and Tr Charles Montgomery, just recent commit today, and, and hopefully add in soon Christian Leary, then the Gators wide receiver core and group in that room, I mean, it's in great hands in, in years to come. And, and the, the recruiting has definitely bumped up there, especially you know, the huge pull in getting Henderson last cycle. Uh, there so you know had a chance to get some more guys uh, of course and then they've missed it there too but been able to get some good options there uh at wide receiver and uh, i think you can feel pretty comfortable uh, about where the gators are in the wide receiver room coming up 40 years to come so before we move on uh support for today's episode comes from manscape manscape has the right tools to get the job done quickly safely and hygienically Father's Day is just around the corner, and you probably need a gift for your hairy dad. So get him and yourself the Manscaped Perfect Package. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming hygiene. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 Essentials Kit. The Perfect Package 3.0 Kit comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents, nick-free shaving thanks to Manscaped advanced skin-safe technology, and of course, let's not forget about the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, right? So why not put deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? When you purchase the new Perfect Package 3.0 kit at manscaped.com, you get the biggest bang for your buck. Subscribers get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. This is an awesome Father's Day gift. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GATORS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code GATORS at manscaped.com. And be on the lookout soon. Uh, we're giving away uh, a Manscaped product. Uh, so uh, we're doing something good on social media, Twitter, if you're interested. And uh, maybe you can get one from the guys at Manscaped. So some more good news. Football is closer to happening for the 2020 season. In the last couple of months, you know, there have been all kinds of questions uh, about the season happening due to, to, to COVID. And, well, we're one step closer to the season happening with the, the, the SEC last week, the, the school president's decision now this past Friday to allow voluntary in-person athletics activities back on campuses across the league. So the UAA for Florida also announced on Friday after the SEC that Florida student athletes will start to return on campus on June the 8th. So – UF writer Scott Carter contributed to this report at FloridaGators.com. Student athletes return will happen in multiple phases over a period of several weeks, and student athletes competing in fall sports will arrive first. 
starting with the initial group of football players who will begin physicals and COVID testing on May 26th. Returning soccer and volleyball student athletes will start coming back on June 15th and returning men's and women's basketball players on June 29th. New student athletes in football, soccer, men's and women's basketball, and volleyball will begin arriving July the 1st. So, University Athletic Director Scott Strickland and the school's uh, return to campus plan emphasizes student athletes' safety above any other, any other factor. Quote, our sports medicine team has worked closely with the experts at UF Health, including the infectious disease staff, to make sure we're taking every precaution necessary when we bring our athletes back, Strickland said. The only way we would bring them back is if we felt we could do so in the safest manner based on the data that has been developed. The experts know a lot more than they did two months ago about the virus. And as part of the standard pre-participation physical exam, all student athletes must be tested for COVID-19 before the start of any physical activity on campus. So, you know, once student athletes are returned uh, and are cleared to begin training on campus, they will be screened daily with temperature check and health questionnaires. And as part of the plan, all student athletes must wear personal protection equipment during each appointment other than for lifting sessions. All weight room equipment and facilities will be sanitized each session and then again at the end of the day. And Florida strength and conditioning staff will follow national guidelines for a safer return to training following period of inactivity. Quote from Strickland as well, we're so blessed to have so many talented people working on our staff and working on this campus and other areas, Strickland says. This is a lot of conversation, a lot of thought, and a lot of planning which is one of the reasons there is confidence in the return plan. And it may adapt and morph as we go along and start to integrate them back into campus. So look, there's still, of course, there's still a lot of questions about how this stuff is going to work out and take place, uh, especially for the season um, as well. But these players, uh, of course, they're going to have to be taken care of. You know, I'm sure a lot of parents are, are worried about, you know, the, the fact of maybe their kids going back to campus and all that. And we'll see how it works out. Probably some of the players as well, but I'm sure they're ready to, ready to get out of their house. Uh, they'll be in a good, safe environment on campus. You know, they'll be probably safer there more so than anywhere else uh, out there with all the precautions taking place. So, you know, with this, it does look like we'll have some type of football season this fall. And a lot of questions surrounding that as well. Will, will fans be allowed? If so, how many fans will be allowed? I know we all want football, but, you know, but will a decision be made on, on when to start the season, um, you know, be based on if fans will be allowed uh, to, to watch inside the stadium? Um, you know, if they try and if they want a full crowd, will they delay the season a bit till there's more data out there that shows that can happen uh, sometime in the fall? We don't know. We'll, we'll see how all this turns out. Um, you know, will schools be fine if it's a partial, socially distant crowd? Uh, so, you know, say goodbye to, to any home on field, home field advantage. Um, you know, it'd be, see, it would be odd to see a, a quarter field or half field stadium or, or no crowd at all. But, you know, also part of it too is so weird to, if we had like no tailgate, uh, you know, if there, if there's no tailgating allowed on campus or, or, or tailgating with very little people, uh, you know, if, if, if they don't believe, if they, if they don't police tailgating, and I can see fans showing up to games and, you know, tailgating together and watching on TV or, or something uh, like that, put up big projector <laughs> projectors or something like that. But you know, if you're going to tell people they're going to 
practice social distancing inside of a stadium, not sure how you can allow it to happen on campus uh, as well. So I think there'll be, if there's policing inside of the stadium, I think there'll be policing outside of the stadium and on campus as well. So just kind of something to look out for. And I think big, the big question here is, is with players coming back, you know, what, what happens if there is a positive COVID test or, or an outbreak when the team gets together in these next few months? Uh, what happens if, if some teams on the schedule decide not to play this season? Um, hopefully that decision is made well in advance, but you may have some schedule inequality out there. Uh, it looks like a season will be played this fall, and for the most part on time as scheduled with everything the way it looks now. But, but another question worth bringing up is, you know, what if it's, what if it's a team, what if a team has a severe outbreak during the season uh, and, and during game week? Uh, I'd say there's a good chance that game gets canceled or, or delayed at best. So, Look, all these questions we just really don't know answers to uh, yet, and, and hopefully all goes smooth and we don't have to worry about it. Uh, we don't get those scenarios. But contingency plans, of course, uh, are going to have to be uh, in place for those scenarios. And it's definitely a good thing. We're seeing some normalcy return. Hopefully it's being done the right way. I believe it is. Um, but, of course, we're just going to have to see the results of kind of kind of everything opening up uh, right now. And, of course, Campus opening up a bit for these student athletes in the next few weeks. Definitely worth keeping an eye on a couple of weeks after all these players get together. Um, good thing is they're getting tested as soon as they get on campus and nobody would be put in danger uh, initially. And hopefully with campus being not as popular, uh, not as populated as it normally would be, that these guys uh, will stay. But you don't know what these guys are going to be doing in their free time. Uh are you really going to tell them they can't go out and, and go do things and, and all that? So you know, you'll, I think you'll see continual testing just to make sure uh, everybody will be will be safe all summer long and uh, we'll get a football season sometime in the fall. Uh, to wrap up this episode, uh, of course, you may have uh, seen it late last week, and this probably will affect the Gators somewhat this fall. The one-time transfer waiver has been put on hold for this coming year. So Brett McMurphy reporting that one-time transfer waivers are dead um, until at least 2021-2022 academic year as the NCAA Division I Council approved a resolution to develop legislation regarding transfer eligibility for January 2021. That would not be effective until 2021-2022 academic year. So look, guys, for Florida's purposes here, we were hoping to see transfers, Lorenzo Lingard, Justin Shorter, Jordan Pouncey on the field this coming season, but they'll need the traditional waiver to gain eligibility uh, to play this season. Lingard ha has his waiver in, and, and most expect that to pass. Shorter, we'll see. There's some mixed feelings on if he'll get cleared this year uh, as well. So you know, those are the two players the fan base is excited to see, two former five-stars, uh, of course, transferred in from Miami and Penn State, respectively. So um, we'll, we'll see. How it, how it shakes out, but they will not get the one-time transfer policy. Probably will pass next year. I think with everything going on with COVID and all that, and some schools out there that may choose not to play football this fall, they might think, I think there might be a worry of, hey, this school, just saying out west, because in Pac-12 is kind of the school that's getting targeted here, uh, of maybe not playing uh, this fall or, or not a normal play uh, hey look at that school out west they're not going to play this fall 
if there was a one-time transfer policy out there, you might see a mass exodus of West Coast players who want to play football this fall. And who, I mean, who could fault them if other teams and, and, and schools around the country are going to play, but their school is not, that they would leave if they had that one-time transfer policy. And I think you'd see uh, you know, seniors who, who would miss out on, on the season. You'd see them uh, in mass exodus to, to, to try and go play and get ready for the draft. I mean, it's not the majority of football players, but I think a lot of them would see it that way. And and maybe, uh, you know, just freshmen as well who were looking forward to playing in their first season and have to sit out and not play the season. So I think that's one reason it may have been tabled. And plus, there's probably a lot more than NCAA. Look, I think they got this wrong for the most part. Um, but... I, I, I think we'll see it pass next year. I think they'll eventually get it right. But I do think with everything going on in the world right now, there's probably bigger things to worry about uh, from the NCAA. And I don't, look, I don't even know if it's the same teams who make these decisions uh, based on you know COVID and, and what to do with that, plus this one-year transfer waiver. It may be completely separate issues here. Uh, but I think, you know, just with everything going on, that you know, probably they thought it would be best to kind of table this until next year, until a lot of things get figured out in, in, in college sports. Uh, so that's kind of how I, I see it playing out. And uh, I think it passes next year. But for Florida and the uh, 2020 season, that uh, Lingard shorter, we don't know for sure if they're going to be on the field or not. So definitely glad to bring some good news to Gator Nation here. Like I said, short episode uh, right here, but you know, had to come on the heels of Charles Montgomery picking the Gators over Maryland. I think it's a good pickup for Florida, being a, a, a player that you know can 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 be a weapon in, in Mullen's offense. We've seen what he's been able to do with Kadarius Tony uh, a, a bit uh, the past couple seasons, and we want to see Kadarius Tony uh, be a more well-rounded receiver. Uh, but he didn't have that experience in high school, and he'll you know. A player like Montgomery has that experience. And so I think we can see him used very similarly, similarly um, than at what, what Tony, what we saw for Tony the last couple of years in Montgomery. But Montgomery is going to be a more polished route runner, a more polished wide receiver. So I think we can definitely see more of a, a potential uh, of being a more consistent playmaker instead of, you know, the up and down of Kadarius Tony, whether it be a 40-yard gain or 10-yard loss. I think we'll get a little more consistency uh, from another player in that role who's had experience in high school to be able to bring that to the college game. I think that's what uh, the Gators are getting here in Montgomery and how he fits into this Dan Mullen Gator offense. So Memorial Day weekend, uh, of course, just wanted a quick episode here, get back to some family time, all that stuff uh, this week, and uh, – I'll get the uh, part two of the opponent whip around coverage, the second half uh, of the schedule out soon. Got all those phone calls made, some great previews of the Gators' second half of the schedule. If you missed the first part, go back a couple weeks ago, catch the first part, the first half of the uh, of the Gators' schedule. A lot of good insight there uh, of the Gators' schedule. So I'm David Waters, host of Gators Breakdown. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.